Hello, everyone. Welcome to Talking Logistics, where we have conversations with thought leaders and newsmakers in the supply chain logistics industry. It's my great pleasure to welcome back to today's program, Chris Jones, who's Executive Vice President, Industry and Services at Descartes. And today we're going to talk about high fuel prices and logistics, actions companies can take to mitigate the impact. So as if transportation and logistics executives didn't have enough on their plate, you know, now they have to deal with you know, high, high fuel prices too. And as a recent CNBC article stated, quote, diesel prices are contributing to inflationary headwinds due to the fuel's vital road, vital role, excuse me, in the American and global economy. Tankers, trains, trucks all run on diesel, and the fuel is used all uh, you know across multiple industries, including farming, manufacturing, metals, and mining. So is this a short-term problem or is this a lingering one? Um, you know, is this something that transportation professionals primarily have to deal with, or is this a problem that others across the organization have to, you know, pay attention to? And more, most importantly, you know, what actions can companies take to mitigate the impact? Well, that's the focus of today's conversation, and it's great to have Chris back on the program to share his insights and advice on this topic. So, Chris, welcome back. Great. Thanks for having me, Adrian. Uh, you know, maybe a couple things to think about here, you know, uh, when it comes to energy, it's always been cyclical. At some point, it's going to go down, right? Uh, it just invariably for a lot of factors. But I would say anybody thinking they're going to just wait this one out um, is probably going to be in a lot of pain. Uh, you know, a couple things that to consider here, it, you know, uh, fuel uh, or oil, let's just start with base oil, is a global uh, market. Uh, the U.S. is not the dominant player. It is actually uh, one of them. But uh, as we've seen with uh, the, the Russian invasion of Ukraine and the sanctions that have gone on there, uh, they were a major player, but at probably around 10%, uh, you know, not as big as maybe people would think. Uh, however, that has caused massive disruptions. Um, and, and one of the things to think about is that oil, uh, if, uh, maybe this is a funny way to describe it, it flows uh, quite freely all over the world. And uh, if we take the U.S. as an example, uh, the U.S. is a large importer uh, and exporter. But in the case of, let's just say, Russian oil, uh, Russian oil was showing up on the East Coast for quite a while and uh, was used to help produce uh, products like diesel, right? So when that got cut off, uh, for anybody in the Northeast, Adrian and I happen to be in New England, uh, you can see just uh, $6 a gallon for, for diesel is there, right? Uh, it's not like those refineries can just flip to uh, U.S. grades uh, immediately, right? So that's part of the whole challenge here. The second thing is, hey, the economy is doing incredibly well, right? So uh, when you really look at the, the things that are going on, and, and yes, we have inflation, but to be honest with you, when you really look at the jobs reports and, and everything else, uh, you know, there's just a lot of demand out there. So, uh, and then I think the last point is you bring up is, oil is used in so many different things. So you're really competing, not just within, let's say the transportation market, you're really competing um, uh, with all kinds of other industries here. So any kind of shortage puts everybody on notice and everybody is scrambling accordingly. So I would say, you know, uh, the next couple of years, uh, will they stay quite as high as they are? Maybe not, I've, I think actually in this last week or so, we've seen a, a couple cents uh, a gallon reduction, uh, but, let's just say we're just not gonna see what we saw uh, a year ago, not for a long time. 
Yeah, no, a lot of great points and factors, you know, to consider there. Yeah, I mean, just before this episode, I was looking at it and, you know, diesel prices here in the U.S. are up about 75% today compared to a year ago. So even if you start, you know, a few cents here or there, um, it's going to take some time to drop, you know, 75% to get back to, to where it was. So it's going to remain elevated, you know, for some time. And that, and like you said, it's not only just here in the U.S., but it's, it's, it's uh, you know, around the world. Uh, you know, issue. So, you, you know, obviously, I mean, I think it makes sense that, you know, for transportation executives, you know, this is something that gets factored into, you know, what uh, yet another ball that they have to juggle uh, with regards to that. But is this, is this something that's just impacting transportation professionals or do other folks across the organization need to, you know, navigate or work collaboratively with transportation and others to, to navigate through this? Oh, definitely. Uh, you could say a lot of uh, functional groups are, are drivers of, of, uh, of uh, fuel usage, right? Uh, sales to me is a great example where, or, or marketing strategies where you have certain customer service policies or, or salespeople that continually say, oh, we're going to get it to you tomorrow, whether they actually needed it or not. These are the kinds of things that are definitely out there that we need to have collaboration. And that is the key word between logistics organization, sales, marketing, uh, procurement's another good example. Again, if you're doing things like managing all your own inbound, uh, there's a number of places like that where you can make a, a difference. And then maybe one last point is in that whole conversation and give and take, the CFO is your friend, all right? This may be not something a lot of logistics people or supply chain people think about, but if you're saying, okay, hey, if we did X from a service policy point of view, uh, you need somebody to basically say, and this is what it's worth to us, right? And the and the, the ultimate scorekeeper, okay, is uh, the, the the finance team. So they're they're key in this conversation too. Yeah, no, absolutely, and, and certainly, I mean, I know it's it's top of mind. I mean, I think the the pandemic in general elevated the role of supply chain logistics to to the CFO and the CEO, and, and this is something that you know um, they're, they're keeping an eye on as well. And your point about collaboration is key too. I mean, I, I, I've talked to some, I was talking to a logistics executive um, not too long ago, and he was talking about how, you know, in his industry, you know, transportation is such a large component of the cost of goods sold. And, you know, having to, being able to collaborate with sales, right? Because, you know, sometimes, you know, transportation was included in the cost or, you know, it wasn't, you know, it's was free delivery, yep. if you will. Yep. Or they had quoted something in the past on the one set of assumptions of what the, the transportation costs were going to be, but now with fuel being so much higher and, you know, in some cases, you know, we, we had been seeing in the past with the, you know, uh, uh, contract rates going up and so forth, you know, this back and forth collaboration and communication in terms of sales, being able to communicate to customers in terms of, Hey, you know, we need to increase our prices a little bit, or we need to add, you know, a, a fuel surcharge or whatever the case might be. Those types of conversations, it seems are, are ha happening more and more. Um, because of these, you know, the dynamics and the volatility that's happening in the uh, in the transportation realm. Um, interestingly enough, though, you know, back in May, we asked members of our Indigo supply chain research community, and these are all supply chain logistics executives from, you know, manufacturing, retail, and distribution companies. Um, you know, we asked them if their organizations had made any changes to their transportation practices in, in response to high fuel prices. And almost three quarters of the respondents said that they have either made only quote a few changes, or have made or haven't made any changes right mm -hmm. um, to the transportation practices. So 
again, it doesn't seem like there's 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 a lot of activity or a lot of uh, changes going on there. So first of all, do these results surprise you? And, and why do you think many companies have taken little or no action? Um, well, uh, I would say they are probably a little higher than I expected in terms of the level, I'll call it of, of let's say non-action <laughs> than I would have, would have hoped to see. But, uh, you know, for a lot of folks, um, uh, th this is a, there's inertia involved with making changes, right? And so, you know, uh, they, um, they really, you know, like I said, right up front, like if you're thinking you're going to ride this out, right, I'll just take the hit and I'll keep doing things the way I, I do, have been doing them and everything will eventually kind of go back to where it was supposed to be. With that is inevitable in this space. And it's, like I said, really unfortunate. And, you know, I, I think that there's a, a lot of things people can do that don't, necessarily require investment there's also a lot of things there but i do think that there's a number of i'll call it kind of quicker hitting things um, that they could do and 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 make a difference yeah so, so let's let's talk about that because i mean i think for, for some companies and some executives they might think well you know we, like you said before you know the, particularly with fuel you know it seems like it's such a big problem it's a global problem you're talking refineries you're talking the oil markets you know, they might think, what can we do? I mean, it's, it's probably outside of our direct control. So we just have to kind of bite the bullet and, and deal with it. But as you just said, there are probably things they, that they can do. So let, let's start with, that. I mean, what, what are some low hanging fruit actions that companies can take right now to start mitigating some of this impact? Sure. So I think one of them is, you know, look at your contracts with your customers. A lot of people have things built in that they haven't exercised. Do you have the ability to do a surcharge? Um, you know, so is it, it does that already exist? That to me is a, again, work with the legal organization, sales organization. You can quickly find out whether or not you have room to maneuver there, right? Another one is basically uh, look at lowering your, your customer service levels, right? Uh, and we'll get to the whole notion of collaboration with customers in a second. But, you know, hey, looking at this and saying, is there an opportunity here for, I'm not going to do next day as an example, or I'm going to look at, uh, uh, I'll, I'll tell you when I'm going to make a delivery or, you know, um, you know, hey, maybe we need to combine deliveries here types of stuff. There's a number of things there that were, I think, if you look at the, those kinds of activities, um, uh, there's, a, a, I'll call it ways to be able to, um, you know, uh, I'll call it minimize that impact. Another one is actually for those people that have uh, uh, transportation management or a route planning solution is really look at how those things are configured. You know, if you go back a couple of years ago, fuel was much cheaper. So you may have said, okay, I'm willing to take more miles because miles are cheaper than resources. Okay. Well, you know, at almost two X the costs in the last year, that equation may not have changed. So you may want to look at actually uh, optimizing to take more miles out and maybe actually be okay with having, for instance, uh, uh, let's say more hours. Uh, and I, I won't go through all the details and how that all works, but that is, that is just a great example of something simple. Uh, driver performance is another one, classic thing, speeding, idling, you know, off route, you know, all these things are, uh, again, uh, things that uh, it's driver behavior, right? We're really talking about uh, that could be done there. Um, Vehicle performance, you know, this is another classic one, you know, when do you need a tune up and so forth and both the one, this one and the one I just talked about are really around telematics. Uh, if you have it, this is something you should get after. Um, challenging carrier uh, fuel surcharges. Okay. Uh, 
they may be good, okay, but make them do the math, right? Um, I'll just say it in this uh, current situation that there are some people who are making more money, uh, you know, and they're not just passing on the cost. It's the classic, I'm going to add a little more, who will know the difference, right? So that's a lot. That's a key one. And then the last one real quickly in this space is I'll call it just really the focus on collaboration, you know, go to the customers and say, look, this is, we're either going to have to raise our prices or we're going to have to uh, look at doing things differently. You'd be amazed how much people are trying to avoid those costs. They know these conversations are coming, right? So that's that. Same thing with the carrier community. How could they be smarter uh, with what they're doing? You know, can they offer you new or different services? Uh, uh, how do they work with uh, other companies uh, to create density, right? That kind of stuff. So I think those are all in the realm of it's just putting some time and effort into it and you can see some benefit. Yeah, those are all great. And, you know, I think that, um, you know, to your point that they're kind of low hanging fruit opportunities here. I mean, these are things that, you know, I think, uh, you know, require just a little bit of, uh, you know, time and effort, if you will, but not, nothing that's going to, you know, uh, require thousands of dollars of, of investment or implementing, you know, uh, additional technology and things like that. I mean, there's a lot that can be done within the realm of what's already existing within contracts. And just like to, to your last point, you know, having conversations, right, with carriers, with customers yeah, yeah. to see how, you know, you can together, you know, navigate through this. Um, so, so Chris, then as a, as, as a way to wrap up, you know, if, if fuel, uh, you know, if elevated fuel prices are, are going to, you know, here to stay into the foreseeable future, I mean, what else can companies do then? I mean, beyond kind of these low-hanging fruit, which I think is the first step and makes a lot of sense and you, you could probably you know, uh, achieve some significant benefits just from doing those things you just talked about. But what else can they do to to navigate through this successfully and, and perhaps even outperform the competition too? Well, you know, I, I would say that there's been so many advances in just, uh, just transportation-oriented technology. You know, uh, let's just take things like network, network optimization, right? The tool's very sophisticated these days, much easier to use. I, I think actually the key thing though is to, with network optimization right now is to focus on uh, looking at the impact of different service policies, not brick and mortar changes. Brick and mortar changes don't happen quickly. You can look at things like customer stratification as an example and come up with a view that says, hey, here's what the opportunity really exists. To me, those are things that can be done in a couple of months. If you already have the tools, you should be doing it quite frankly, right? Uh, another one that's probably, I'll call it uh, in the, weeks to months type of timeframes is rebid carrier contracts, right? Uh, focus on fuel cost reductions. And again, working with the carriers, right? On what could they do? Uh, this is a, another one. Um, if you haven't implemented any form of optimization for transportation, whether it's again for common carrier or for fleet, uh, you know, uh, there are a couple of ways to do that. We already just talked about the whole network optimization piece of it. Strategic, we would call things like strategic route optimization is a good example. Your classic daily planning, okay? Uh, these are things that you're, you know, if you haven't done this or you haven't really put anything into what you have in a while, we're talking, uh, I would say easily 15% reduction in mileage is very, very possible. And one of the newer areas is really, more optimized execution, what's happening during the day, right? How do I get things back on track? Uh, how do I help drivers make decisions? Again, you can squeeze out some more. Um, there are also some very, very sophisticated ways of doing things with what are called customer steering, 
which is the same thing as we mentioned with the Salesforce and Salesforce steering. Don't let them provide the, uh, the choices. Tell them what needs to be done for both customers and sales. You'd be amazed how many customers will take the options that you give them. So why not give them options that help drive down uh, you know, your miles or your carrier's fuel costs and so forth? Um, Dynamic delivery pricing is another one, right? Uh, we mentioned before, look at the changing you know, fuel surcharge, but you could actually even just take this to your point, Adrian, for the future and say, look, I'm gonna, every delivery is not the same, even for the same kind of service, right? So how do you know for a given uh, delivery what you really should be charging? Uh, we're seeing companies do this, pretty, some, pretty decent margins and uh, improvements, right? So I think that's a good one. Another one, and I'll just kind of keep it to this one uh, just at the end. Sustainability is one of the biggest drivers and opportunities here for uh, a fuel cost reduction. So many consumers and companies in general are looking at reducing their carbon footprint, carbon impact, right? Well, uh, eco-friendly deliveries are, again, around things like grouping, driving delivery density, uh, and consumers... Uh, want to know this, right? There is a whole class of consumers. We've done a lot of research on this. Uh, I'll just say it's a significant uh, percentage and just stay tuned. We're actually going to have a report coming out on this whole subject, but they are willing to take options that will in fact, uh, as, as and they are truly uh, helping uh, the environment, but by their nature, how they're helping is going to reduce fuel costs. So leveraging sustainability, not viewing it as uh, yet another problem to deal with is actually a huge opportunity here. Well, a lot of great words of advice there. And, you know, I think it's another reminder here that, um, you know, if you're still managing your operations with, you know, spreadsheets or whiteboards, yeah. or, you know, you haven't really fine-tuned your existing technology, you're using technology from, you know, the 1990s and have, aren't leveraging some of the more powerful, you know, optimization and execution capabilities. Um, you're, you're definitely, you know, leaving money on the table, you're uh, impacting customer service and, and you're kind of handicapping yourself to, to succeed, you know, moving forward. Uh, you, you wrote a great uh, uh, guest commentary on talking logistics today, kind of, which touched upon some of the things you just talked about now. So I invite our viewers to check out enabling uh, more profitable home delivery, which we published today on, on talking logistics. So you can search for it there. Uh, but Chris, as always, you provide some great, uh, you know, uh, insights and, and words of advice around this topic. So thank you for making the time to be with us today. Well, great. Thanks, Adrian. And uh, I hope for everybody that's uh, watching this, uh, they can find one or two good uh, ideas here to make a difference. Great. Well, I want to thank those of you that joined us today. If you're watching this episode on demand, either at the Descartes website or on Talking Logistics, and you have a question or a comment for Chris, you can post it there. And I'm sure he'll be more than happy to respond via that medium. Again, thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you in a future episode of Talking Logistics. Have a great day.